Hey, this is Wesley. Hey, this is Josh. And you are listening to the Family Blueprint Podcast. We're equipping the families to be all that God has called them to be. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in for another episode of the Family Blueprint Podcast. Uh, Me and Josh are doing something so different than our past two episodes. We're changing Uh, it up. We're not at Salem. We are actually on the campus of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary over in Wake Forest, uh, a school that I am now a two-time graduate of and that Josh will be a graduate of. When's when's that going to be, Josh? 2023, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. Lord willing, right? (laughs) Congratulations on your graduation, by the way, Wesley. Appreciate that. Uh, We are here talking to uh, Dr. David Jones, who is a professor here. Um, So I wanted to give him an opportunity to to introduce himself. Uh, One thing that he might not know is uh, my wife and I got married January of 2016. And that same January, I was enrolled in his ethics of family and uh, marriage class. And so any wins that we have in our marriage is partially due to his great teaching that I had in that seminary class. Yeah, and of course, any troubles I'm also to blame for. Absolutely I, I, not. Yeah. That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's thanks to, thanks to uh, you both, and it's, it's good, to, uh, good to be here. Um, an honor to be on the, uh, on the podcast. I understand I'm the, the first what, non-Salem guest yeah, on, the, uh, on the cast, and so it's, uh, it's, the bar is... It's incredibly low, I feel. The, uh, it, uh, <laughs> it's wherever you want it to be. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, introduction. Yeah, so I'm Dr. Jones, uh, professor of ethics uh, here uh, at Southeastern. I've uh, been here, oh, how long? I guess too long. Um, the I've uh, been here a long time. I, I've been on faculty. Uh, this is my 21st year uh, on faculty, and I was a student uh, before that uh, here. And so I've, I've been around... Uh, Wake Forest, uh, I guess, for about uh, about 25 years. I've uh, been married uh, for uh, 26 years, uh, and so I came here uh, kind of as a newlywed myself <laughs> years and years ago. I uh, have five uh, children now, uh, ages, uh, what ages are they? Um, nine to 19. Um, actually, three of my, my kids are actually students uh, here, so the, the, the Jones family kind of revolves around Southeastern, I, I guess you, you, could, you could say. Um, what else? Anything else uh, sort of personally y'all would like to, uh, to know about me I could kind of throw out there? Or, um, what is your favorite kind of pizza? My favorite kind of pizza? You know, I'm, I'm a pretty traditional you know, kind of guy, right? Okay. Uh, and so just give me, you know, some pepperoni, the... Uh, and I'm I'm happy, uh, you know. Probably as exotic as I would get, you know, would be maybe your Alfredo, uh, you know, chicken pizza, you know, something like that. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, you know, but um, nothing nothing too crazy, nothing too crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, good. Cool. Well, so for our um our theme for the month of January for Family Blueprint is going to be stewardship and generosity, um, partly because we have an opportunity to offer Dave Ramsey's. Financial Peace University for free for a lot of our members and so we thought it'd be a good idea to kind of push that with uh, this theme and this is you know something that everybody thinks about right so if you're handling money if you got a bank account if you got a job you're gonna have an opportunity to think what in the world am I gonna do with my money and so we wanted to ask you you know how should we think about that biblically what are maybe some key biblical texts key biblical themes 
key theological themes even that go with uh, this idea of maybe stewardship. Yeah, I tell you, a great question. And first of all, a quick plug for Dave Ramsey's program, right? The uh, financial piece is such a great, I mean, great uh, class program. And what a blessing if folks in your church are going to get a chance to, to do that. Um, you know, as I've said before, and um, as I teach a class here on campus, uh, on our college, and our seminary, um, on the ethics of wealth and poverty. And in that class, I, you know, I tell the students that you know, this is one of those topics that you can't really opt out of, right? I mean, there are some issues that I deal with uh, as an ethicist you know, that that many Christians will never have to deal with, right? I mean, it's not until or if, uh, you know, that there's an end-of-life decision that you have to kind of work through that. And, and not everyone has, you know, has a, a parent on the hospital bed, you know, that's on a respirator, right? I mean, some do, but not everybody. But everyone has to deal with stewardship, right, and generosity. Everyone deals with giving. Uh, everyone uh, obsesses and worries about their job security, right, to the, uh, and their income and taking care of their family. Um, and so now this is an incredibly, incredibly in, important topic. And I'm really encouraged to hear that y'all are making this uh, an emphasis uh, in January. Uh, and I trust that your people will, uh, will really dig in uh, and really grow uh, as, as this material is, is rolled out. And so, like themes, right? I mean, what's the what's the what are some key verses? Um, you know, there, there's so many of them. You know, matter matter of fact, I mean, Jesus taught more on issues that relate to to money than any other topic. You know, which is somewhat surprising, right? Uh, but there's just so many verses. I mean, he's always giving his parables. He's talking about you know buying and selling, and you think even of investing, and he is talking about work and, and labor. Uh, and and just our vocations and what we do, there are so many so many passages. I mean that, that come to mind that relate either uh, explicitly, I mean, or implicitly to to money, I mean, to wealth and poverty type issues. Um, and, and it's not just Christ in the Gospels; it's really every book of the Bible, right? I mean, just incredibly sort of earthy uh, in nature, right? The um, and the uh, the material world. It's where we live uh, and, and what we do. And I, I think that the, the biggest theme, I would say, if I could just sort of say one, it's it's just it's Christ likeness, right? We want to be um, like Christ, which sounds trite in a sense, but it's so so very important. I mean, if we could just uh, manage to pull off His view of the material world, if we could deal with wealth and poverty like He dealt with them. I mean, have you ever noticed even just like the the example of Christ's um, His life? I mean, He's interacting, you know, with, you know, the wealthy, with, with Pharisees, with tax collectors, you know, who were you know, wealthy sinners, but he's very comfortable around prostitutes, right, and, and the poor. Uh, and he could deal in a very gentle way with both. He could confront the sins of both. Uh, and just what an incredible model for us. And if we could sort of figure out how to do that, right, uh, I think we would be um, you know, gold star Christians, right? But as we know, it, it, it's hard, right? It's a lifelong process, but may God give us wisdom and grace as we pursue him. Oh, for sure. I appreciate you saying that because that is our goal, to be like Jesus, to give God the glory. And we certainly want to glorify him in all areas of our life. And money, if we're honest, tends to be one of the last places that we look. But uh, who is a Spurgeon that said, the, la- the last thing that gets saved in somebody's life is their, is their pocketbook or their wallet. <laughs> it's yeah, true. That's, yeah. uh, that's true for all of us. So I, I appreciate you uh, reminding us why we care about generosity, because we want to be like Jesus. And so that brings up the question, Old Testament and New Testament, 
there's there's continuation between the old and the new there's also a break once you get on this side of the cross and the empty tomb that some things look a little bit different from from how jesus teaches us to live so would you say you know the tithe is something that continues from the old to the new or are there are there some principles maybe that we should pick up from scripture as a whole yeah because i mean most people when they hear this theme uh especially in related to the church world i mean tithe is probably the first thing that you think of that that verse from from malachi so how does that i guess maybe if you could if you could tie that into to that question how does that kind of relate um Mm. the continuation or if not Mm-hmm. Well, how long do you have, right? I mean, we, we, we could, we could, you know, this, this is going to be like the first three-hour <laughs> podcast yours, episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, you know. Oh, um, what a great question, right? I mean, because I mean, for so many of us, when we think about stewardship and generosity, it what comes up is giving, right? Yeah, and I, I think, in one sense, sort of unfortunately, a, a lot of a lot of us, um, what we're really asking when we talk about giving is we want to know. How much does God require of me? Like, like how much money do I have to give to keep God happy? Mm, Almost like it's like our God tax, right? <laughs> it's like the IRS. You gotta, you know, pay a certain amount, or they come get you, you know. And we think about about God like that. I, I think, unfortunately, um, because I mean, in, realistically, right? I mean, it's the earth is the Lord's and everything therein. I mean, Psalm twenty-four, verse one. God, God owns it all, uh, and. It's um, we're just stewards uh, of it, right? The, um, and so, really, a better question is really how, how do I steward what is His well, right? Not how much of mine do I have to give Him uh, to keep Him happy? It's all His, anyways, right? Uh, and so, and, and and bottom line is, I mean, God doesn't actually, God doesn't need our money, right? I mean, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? And the price of beef is up, as we know, right? And so, it's it's gonna, it's going to be okay. Um, and so God doesn't need our money, but we need we need to give it to Him. Uh, and so, when we boil it down to um, you know, models of models of giving, right? There's um, you know, there, there's three main models that Christians have have come up with. Um, uh, and you know, the, the first one is actually one that probably a lot of folks maybe um, in our Baptist circles haven't haven't heard of. But actually, if we were to look at uh, kind of the broad swath of evangelicalism uh, and look at the way Christians give in their churches, the most popular way Christians give is through a, a, a way of giving called pledging, right? pledging. Uh, and so it's interesting, the way that many, actually most churches, not in the Baptist world, uh, but the Presbyterian world, Methodist, etc., the way they give is they'll say, okay, um, you know, this is going to be our budget for next year, right? And, and, and so we need, you know, 1.5 million or whatever it is, right? Uh, and and we ha- and so they then tell the church, hey, this is what our budget is. Uh, how much do you think that you can give next year? And you would make a, a pledge, you'd write down. Uh, and then they would add up um, all the, the pledges and say, well, does, does that come near? Is that more? Is that less than our, our, our budget? They'd adjust their budget accordingly. And then you as a church member would be, um, you, you would then fulfill your pledge over that next year, I said I was going to give, uh, you know, twelve hundred dollars, and so I'm going to give twelve hundred dollars or, or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, right? That kind of sounds weird to us, but that's the way that, that many churches do it. I'm not sure that's uh, that's unbiblical, uh, but I'm not sure it's a model I would want to embrace, you know, embrace either. Um, there's another, a second model <laughs> that that is out there called faith promise giving, right? The, um, uh, and your your faith promise givers. Uh, the church leaders would essentially 
just encourage the people, you know, to, to give, right? I mean, to it's kind of where it bleeds over into your prosperity gospel folks, right? The, uh, and just kind of make a, sow a seed, you know, um, just in faith, write that check. Uh, and even if it's bigger than, you know, you think you can write, you just sort of do it and trust God to make up the difference. I, I'm not sure that's actually biblical either, right? And certainly there's, <laughs> there's room for abuse there. Mm-hmm. Because if it's, I mean, why not just write $10 million, I mean, dollar check, right, and have faith? It's, it's, I mean, how do you draw the line? I think stewardship entails us with, with wisdom, sort of taking care of well what God has given us. Uh, and God's given us all different amounts, different abilities, different talents. And we want to give generously, right, but not foolishly. <laughs> and so it's, um, I'm not sure that the, the faith promise sort of model, at least in its abusive manifestations is, is a good idea. Um, and then number three, the last model, is the one that probably we're most familiar with. It's the idea of, of tithing. Um, uh, and here, here's where we could get into some, some trouble, right? Here's the issue that, you know, you asked about Old Testament, New Testament, right? And when you look at the Old Testament, what we see is, is tithing is there. We all know the tithing verses, right? But tithing was part of the, the Jewish um, civil law, right? which was a, a set of laws that God's people were to follow living in the, the theocracy that God had given to them. Uh, and the problem is we're not living in a theocracy anymore, right? The, uh, and just like we don't say that we're, you know, we're supposed to you know, uh, kill our children when they're di- disobedient, I mean, that was a civil law. So if we're not going to follow that civil law, well, then why are we going to follow the tithing civil law and it's fair point it's clearly part of the civil law it it it, it was not part of the moral law and if we look at it even more in depth again this is where i was talking about we could talk for three hours right um there actually were three separate tithes in the old testament not just one right and so the average jew living in the in the theocracy was actually giving on average 20 percent of their income every seven years actually they followed a, a giving pattern that went 20, 20, 30, 20, 20, 30, then on the Sabbath year, they would give nothing, right? And no pastor is going to preach that. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like give, give, give nothing this year, right? Yeah. And so if we, if we invoke tithing in a one-to-one correlation from the Old Testament, well, then we've got to get the amount right, right? Hmm. And not just the amount, but the law is very specific as to what it was to be spent on, right? The, uh, it wasn't to be spent on... on church mortgages, right? I mean, that was a whole separate tax, the temple tabernacle tax, right? And so if we're going to preach it from the Old Testament, we need to get the amount right, we need to get the the reason right, and all that, and it gets really, really convoluted to try to do that. Um, and so um, we need to be careful when we talk about, about tithing, and on top of that, when we look at the New Testament, interestingly, there's not a single verse in the New Testament that prescribes tithing for Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a bit of a stumbling block, right? And it's not like there wasn't the opportunity, right? Because, I mean, Paul talks about giving. But what does he say? He, he says, I, I think of, you know, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 4 is a great passage. Where he just encourages them, you know, to, to, to give what they can, to plan, to, to give generously, right? The, um, uh, and so, you know, when Christians talk about, about tithing, um, I, I'm not opposed to the language. Now, I think it's a um, I think it's a great goal to give ten percent of your income to your church. I, mean, I think that's that's great. Um, it um, you know I, and hopefully more. 
maybe uh, is, is what I would you know what I would would shoot for. Uh, and bottom line is we want to we want to be generous. We want to be good good stewards. We, we want to go above and beyond. We want to reflect um, our heart for our neighbors and the nations uh, in our pocketbooks. And so, I mean, the language of tithes and offerings is language I've I've used before um, in in churches. Sometimes in churches I've I've been on staff on, I, I've I've maybe avoided the tithing term just to not confuse the people. So I'm not talking about the Old Testament theocracy. Um, and it's um, yeah. Hey, I'll give I'll give you this. Then we'll move on to the next question. So like people ask me all the time. So like you know you're you're a ethicist, you're a seminary professor. I did my uh, doctoral work in the ethics of wealth and poverty, and you know, so supposedly I am supposed to be some expert you know, in this in, in, yeah. in these, these areas, right? Yeah. Some people say it's like, what what do you do? Like, what does the Jones family do when they attend a church? And this is going to sound incredibly unspiritual in in, in part, I, but but hang with me, right? I mean, essentially, this is is what I would do. Um, this is what I've done. That when we join a church, um, and I've been part of a lot of churches, I've pastored churches. What I do is say, okay, so there's um, you know, there is this um, this budgetary need uh, at a given church, right? And, and it entails everything. I mean, it entails you know your your mortgage if you have one, your you know your staff salaries, your ministries, your mission trips, everything. All right, and I say, okay, so and there are you know a hundred or a thousand families at this, this church. So if we look at the budget. And we look at the families, I, and we can just do the math. And I was like, at a very minimum, th- we need to give this amount, right? Just the budget divided by the giving units yep. on the giving unit, right? Because in my mind, if I'm not giving at least that amount, then I'm kind of like a freeloader, right? Because like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm consuming resources from the church that I'm not paying for, right? Mm-hmm. And so at a very minimum, I, I need to give X amount. And, and my wife and I have always figured that out. And just kind of made that automatic draft in our bank account, right? Every week it gets sucked out. And in our mind, it's just a matter of, I mean, that, that's not our giving to the Lord. That's just our, our, our fair share of what we're consuming as part of the family of God, right? And then on top of that, right, that's where I, I, I start thinking about generosity and stewardship. And think, you know what, yeah, I, I really want to, you know, want to make God first in my finances. I want, I want to give. I, I, want, I want the pastors to all get raises next year, right? I mean, I want the, the people to not have to pay for the missions trips that they go on, right? Uh, I, I want the church to be able to pay for, you know, college and seminary scholarships for, you know, for the kids of their members and et cetera, right? And say, well, you know, well, given that, like, how much can we give, right? The, um, and for our family, it's not a set amount necessarily, you know, every week or every month, but as you know, as we're blessed um, financially, we could you know give more. I mean, as as needs approach. I mean, I I would just it seems like common sense to me. Like if I'm part of a small group or a Sunday school class or whatever, and there's a family in my church that's heading off on a short-term missions trip, well, I I, I want to give to that, right? I mean, I want to give a lot to that, right? Uh, and that's an opportunity, and and so just give more, you know, that month and the next and. Maybe the following month, you know, my you know my daughter needs braces. Well, I, maybe I don't have any discretionary income that month, and so I, I can't give above and beyond that month, right? And that's okay, right? And so that's been my my pattern. And people say, well, okay, but then at the end of the day, so how much are you giving? Like, as if, see, we're back to that kind of God tax thing, right? 
like yes. it, you have to like beat some magical threshold in order to you know keep God happy. And I'm like I, I don't know, I, I, because I'm not trying to meet a particular percentage point. Mm-hmm. I mean, is is it eight percent? I mean, is it thirty eight percent? I, I don't know, um, but it's as much as I can give and want to give, and even even more hopefully, right? The um, and so that's been been my pattern of uh, of giving and. Um, sort of personally, and so I, I forgot the original question even, but but that's that's sort of my take on uh, maybe sort of gener- generosity, and um, yeah, I can tell you some uh, you need some more uh, some stories even and some other personal uh, things, but I've been talking for too long, so the, uh, give me some feedback or ask another question. What, what, what do you have? No, that's good. Helpful. Yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, one thing that I'm thinking about with this is. Um, how can, you know, me and Josh are both pastors at a a church who is trying to, you know, um, part of being a disciple of Jesus is being someone who is, who is living a generous kind of life. And so, you know, what is, what is the church's role in this? How can, how can we as a church equip families um, in their stewardship, you know, of what God has already given them, but in also training them to be generous people? Uh, not only for the benefit of you know Salem Baptist Church, but the, for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Right. Mm. And that's another great question. All right. So, so here, here's some some pastoral advice, and and uh, lay people listening, y'all y'all listen in, uh, and it help 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 make this happen. Learn with uh, us. Yeah, you learn, learn with us, right? The um, it um, I'll see. How can I how can I summarize it? I, I, I'll tell you a story. All right. So um. I was on staff at a, at a, a church, a Baptist church, uh, years and years ago, and um, it, it was a great church. We had great people, and, and we were doing all the, you know, all of the Baptist things. We had all the programs, you know, going, and you know, the Iwanas, and you know, we had our people trained in, uh, you know, CWT or Faith or you know, EE or you know, whatever the evangelism program was, you know, of the day. And it was, I mean, we were doing all the things, uh, and just started kind of looking at our like our expenses and looking at like the amount of money we were, we were spending on curriculum and looking at you know, various things that we, and I started thinking like, I wonder if we could find a way to, um, you know, to, to, to train the people better, uh, you know, to, to get a better return even as the people of God uh, on the money that we're spending on ministry uh, and, and make things sort of more, more efficient, and we started kind of poking around and kind of see, seeing what was out there. And what we, the, the pastoral staff, what we what we did is we, we said, you know, what, we're not really sure of, of the answer um, of how to actually do this well. And so what we're going to do is we're going to um, we're going to just uh, we're going to cancel all the programs. Now, listen, you, you can't do this, guys, right? Because they'll, they'll fire you, right? <laughs> but, but, but this is the church I had started. I'm taking this seriously right it's, now. It's, it's, no, I'm just kidding. It's uh, you know, we we canceled all the programs essentially, and we said this is, is what we're going to do in our Sunday school classes. We're just going to teach the Bible verse by verse by verse each week. We're going to do that, you know, from the bed babies up to the senior saints. We're gonna we're gonna preach the sermons verse by verse. You know, we're gonna have Bible study and Bible training Sunday nights, and we're gonna pray Wednesdays. And we're just we're just gonna do this. We're gonna keep thinking about generosity and Christ likeness. And once we get sort of the right program, the right answer, the right book to read, you know, that, then, then then so be it. And so so we did that. The, um, and it was just it was it was different because we didn't have that external crutch of like the programs, you know, to, you know, to rely upon. 
uh, and the curriculum, you know, the, the uh, like we had to train our, our Sunday school teachers like how to actually study the Bible on their own rather than just kind of read the curriculum that they've looked at for five minutes on Saturday night and all that stuff. Uh, and just like that verse by verse, what, what we found was that after six months, and people started inviting their friends and family to church that they had not been doing for years. And it wasn't because we had were doing anything necessarily exciting. It's that we were just we were just doing the Bible, verse by verse. And there was this sort of this refining that was, was taking place. It was almost like the frog in the kettle. Like we didn't realize what was happening, but it was happening, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you fast forward after after it was four and a half years, we um, <laughs> you don't believe this, but this is true. We had to actually tell the people to stop giving, because th- there was so much. So, so much sanctification that had taken place in the church simply because we were just focusing on the Bible that the people started giving lavishly. And we had a three-quarter of a million dollar building on 10 acres of land with six full-time staff members with 180 people. Uh, and we said, you know what, stop giving. We have too much in the bank. It, it's kind of like Moses in the Old Testament, you know, like mm-hmm. don't, stop, stop giving, stop giving, mm-hmm. right? And you know what I took from that is you know what if we just if we just really focus on Christ and become like Christ, and then we're going to be generous, man, and we're going to yeah. give, uh, and we're going to want to give, right? Uh, and from that, as, as over twenty five years ago now, um, from that I've taken it with me. You know what? If I'm if I'm not generous, if I don't want to give more than I can, then something is off with my own spiritual barometer, right? The um, and if if I have to sort of like try to guilt my people into giving in my church, I mean, something's wrong with my people, right? Hmm. And so uh, since that time, I've, I've very rarely kind of gone to any sort of like prepackaged sort of, um, you know, uh, giving curriculum that I've used. And I have used Dave Ramsey. I said before, I love, I love him, actually. And I would actually go to him and use him if I was going to use anyone. But I, I would say just as pastors, I mean, just focus on shepherding the people, focus on showing them Christ, focus on verse by verse. Uh, and when, when the people's hearts are warmed and their, their pocketbooks will open, you know, it's not because it's some sort of magic trick where they feel more guilt, but just because their, their want to is well changed, right? The, um, and it's, it's not just true. It's not like, like pastors have this all figured out. I mean, we're all the same way, right? We all need the same exact thing, right? <laughs> that that happens, to, happens to us. But I think that's really the um, that's really the key. Is it um, man focus on the, the Christ likeness of the people, um, and uh, generosity will will come without even trying. Right? The uh, it, it sounds it sounds too good to be true, but because that's what we want to do. Right? We want to make people like Christ, right? But if we just do that, man, it'll it'll come. It'll come. That's great. So it's not so much a. A special tool you're saying you know hey if you just if you look under this rock over here this is this is the secret to you know a church that's just got you know the the money that they need and and then even more to do the work of god but it's focus on christ and teach the word and so we already have everything that we need which mm-hmm. is super encouraging for us pastors yeah. who feel like you know we always could benefit from more training but you know that's that's a uh, as a gift, the Word of God and the Spirit of God doing the work that creates the generosity, mm-hmm. not like we manufacture generosity with the right program or the right... Exactly. If we just have a meeting and we talk about it, yeah, I, I can see. Yeah. It's crazy what happens when you focus on the Bible 
It is. It is. It's already prescribed for mm. us as the oh, church, right? It right. is. And it's like anything, too. Like, I mean, it's as pastors, I mean, we have to prod our people, right? And you, and, and you mentioned generosity, and you expose them to, you know, a, a great book, or you expose them to a, a curriculum, you know, you know like, like Ramsey or, or whoever you use, right? And that, that can be used by the Spirit sort of as a bit of a prod, right? The, um, to help people. But it's uh, the staying power comes from the, the Christ likeness. You know? And so, for, like, for. Like the church members out there, if the church members are listening to this, you know, if, like, if we don't, if we don't want to give, then we need to ask ourselves the question, why, mm-hmm. right? It's um, I've heard pastors say before, you know, give until it hurts, right? It, uh, I, no, no, no. Um, it, I mean, I told my people before when I was in, in the pastorate, um, man, if it hurts, don't give, right? Because Paul says that that that's God loves a cheerful giver right uh, and so if the only thing that is is moving you to give uh, is is guilt um, then you're really you're better off not giving and asking yourself why don't I want to give mm-hmm. like what what's off what's wrong with my heart right uh, and then address that and if you address that and get it right well then you'll want to give right mm-hmm. uh, and, and so it's um if, if I and it happens to all of us, right? I mean, it's it, you know our, our sins just sneak up on us, and all of a sudden, you know, you're three months from now, like you're 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 there to you know you're there's a, there's a need before you, and you have some money, and and, and you think, well, gee, I, I really don't want to write this check. Uh, well, full stop, right? Well, why? <laughs> what's 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 off? Like, am I lusting after some some shiny new trinket I saw? You know, is is am I focused on myself rather than on the body of Christ? Like you know, what is it? I mean, it's it could be anything. I mean, it could be some other sin that I've been engaging in, that is just impacting my entire spiritual level of my life. And so, like, what what's off? Why don't I want to give? Then address that, and hopefully, you know, return the the normal pattern of of giving. And so that's my maybe encouragement for the listeners uh, is if you have not been a generous giver, if you don't want to be, well, then 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 the question is is why and what's off and what can we do to to address that how can i promote christ likeness how can i uh, how can i become the person that wants to give right mm-hmm. that's um that's worth thinking through right for yes. all for all of us for all of us yeah, it is uh, because giving it's not straight from the person to the church giving comes out of the home and so our heartbeat for family blueprint is how do we help our families see you know, it's not just generosity towards the church. Like we're trying to encourage giving towards the church. Like how, what practical implications does the theme of generosity have on the home? If you were to talk to a parent you know, from Salem and say, hey, here's why generosity is important for your kids, you know, for you and your spouse. What, what encouragement would you give to them? Yeah, you know, it's um, as parents, you know, we know that um, you know habits that we instill in our kids when they're young, you know, will become lifelong habits, right? You know, whether they're good or bad, and so we want to be sure that we we do get this right. Um, I think maybe just sort of being you know, transparent uh, about it, um, that um, you know, letting your kids know that 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 you do give. I mean, it's you know, it's um, I'm not sure at Salem if you guys have you know pass the plate or if you have text giving or online giving or what you do or all of the above maybe. But you know, for for churches that have um, you know maybe more like a, an online giving model, it, it might be easier for kids not even to know that their parents give, right? Um, 
And so I, I'd always, you know, um, let my kids know that we, we do give because we, we want to give and, um, you know, let them know that they could give as well. You know, like when you get that birthday money from grandma, you know, you can, um, you can give some of that, you know, to the church. And I, I was trying to emphasize to my children that, you know, we, we don't actually give to the church. We give to the Lord through the church, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we, we love Jesus and we love God, um, and while God doesn't need our money, he's given us the ability um, to give to him, uh, to, to sort of be on his team and be with him as he moves and works in the world. And then when things happen at, at church, you know, when there's a, maybe a, um, a, uh, a mission uh, you know, team sent out or a family leaving to go plant a church, uh, you know, or uh, whatever you know, happens, I always sort of point out to your kids, you know, say, hey, you know, like the reason why you know, the Smith family is able to go on that short-term missions trip to Haiti. It's it's because you know, we've we've given, uh, and if if they've given you know, some of their allowance money as well, you know, it's because you've given. You know, and it, I mean, just to see like your kids' face light up when they realize that they've had a hand uh, in the spreading of the kingdom of God. Yeah. I mean, that that I mean that'll produce staying power long term, mm-hmm. right? And so just trying to to show them the effect uh, of of the giving to. Let them know they can give. Uh, I think just simple things like that. I mean, can just go a long way towards sort of promoting this sort of uh, you know, the generosity in our in our families. Mm, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so encouraging. Wow. Um, one one more question we wanted to ask too, and I think you might have touched on it a little bit beforehand. You know, uh, for a lot of people, uh, this past year has been super rough, right? Uh, there's been a lot of people who's uh, not been able to have a job or maybe whose job has ceased to exist because Mm. um, of the pandemic. And uh, there's no doubt there's a lot of people that are financially hurting and trying to uh, figure out what to do in this uh, next coming year. Mm -hmm. And so what is some encouragement that you might give families uh, as they try to figure out their budget for uh, (laughs) 2021? Yeah. What a, what a great question. I tell you, we're all um, in this together, aren't we? It's uh, (laughs) What a strange year! I mean, 2020. I mean, it's the year that could have been. It seems right. It, uh, it, um, yeah. And so, I mean, there are Christians out there. I mean, and, and some of us. I mean, I'll, I mean, it's um, we all know people that have lost their jobs. Uh, you know, people that um, have taken you know pay cuts and, and and those things. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's all of us. I mean, I, I've I've lost a a job uh, this this year even because of the, of the pandemic. Not my main job, but but a job. And so. I, um, yeah, that, that's that's us, and, and so I, I guess I would say this. I mean, a couple of things come to mind. I mean, number one, like, don't be afraid to ask for help, mm-hmm. right? It's um, yeah. you know, it um, I'm a real sort of uh, um, kind of self-sufficient, don't want to cause waves kind of guy, right? The um, and I had to even learn, you know, so like in um, like in marriage early on, like to you know to actually let my wife do some things for me, and she actually is blessed buy that right and, you know same thing you know as as we're part of the family of god that if if there's someone out there you know in Salem baptist that has a need i mean i'd say let your let your your family know let your pastors know let people be blessed by the opportunity to give uh, and to, and and to help uh you know when there is is a need there's no shame in, in that at all it's just the way families work that um and some people really are um they're blessed by by the opportunity to help. I I, I just thought of a a, um, a man I know who is um, he's probably one of the wealthiest um, people in North Carolina, maybe on the whole East Coast. And 
he, he just gives millions and millions every year to um, the Christian causes. And I asked him once, you know, why he gives so much. Um, and he said, you know, he said, it's, it's like chariots of fire, you know, that, you know, when they ask him, you know, why does he run? He said, well, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. He said, when I give, I feel God's pleasure. He said, I just don't think I, I think I, I couldn't not, not give. It's, he said, it's, it's my spiritual gift, you know, giving. Uh, and if I can't give, I, I dry up spiritually, you know. And I've always thought of, of that man, uh, you know, when I've thought of, uh, of material needs. And so, I mean, so be encouraged and, and let people know of, of your, your needs. You know, but, you know, maybe um, if you've lost your job, um, you've had some medical bills, uh, whatever. I mean, maybe the cupboard really is there. I mean, maybe, you know, you know buying, you know, birthday gifts and, you know, uh, Christmas presents for your kids is, is not a possibility this year, you know. But when we talk about stewardship and giving, you know, we're not just talking about writing a check, right? The, um, we're to be stewards of our time, I mean, stewards of our, our spiritual gifts, our talents. Uh, and, you know, if, if you're that person that maybe, maybe you can't actually give financially at all, I mean, to, to the church next quarter, well, you know, if, if you've lost your job and you're laid off, you know, maybe you have some extra time on your hands, and you can actually give more time to the church, right? The, uh, I mean, I, I um, go help with, help with um, you know, stuffing envelopes in the office. I mean, volunteer for visitation. Uh, hmm. Take an extra, an extra um, time of, of watching the kids in the nursery once we meet again. I mean, it, um, I mean just look for ways that, that you can give more uh, in a non- monetary sense, uh, but still in a giving sense. And so I think there's really nobody who can't give, uh, and there's no shame in not being able to, um, to write a check if you can't, you know, because of your, your current circumstances. It's not like you've been put on the sidelines. Maybe you just have to change the way that you give. Um, uh, and hmm. as we all give, uh, time, talent, of our treasures, right? I mean, that's, um, that's how the body of Christ works. It, it's, it's when we all are generous. Oh, so helpful. I'm, I'm learning a whole lot from this conversation. So thank you, Dr. Jones, for speaking to that, what, what generosity looks like in the Christian life. And uh, we typically conclude our podcast with asking you, uh, since our focus is on the family and discipleship in the home, has there been a family moment for you uh, in your lifetime that sticks out to you as this was a moment that really helped shape me and how I think and how I live as a Christian because of the impact of family. Yeah, no, that's a, another, another great question, right? It's, um, yeah, I tell you, I've learned so much, I mean, just from my, um, my children. I mean, they, um, I mentioned earlier, I've got five children and they're always, um, you know, they're always teaching me. Um, it's, uh, I mean, every child is a sanctification opportunity for you, right? I mean, mm, it's, it's, for sure. it's for sure. you know, it's uh, some maybe more than others. Yeah, no, really, you know, you know it, right? I, I had a early on, you know, when we, we had one, I had a senior saint tell me, he said, you know, he said, children, he said, you're, you have two choices. You either kill them or you kill yourself, you know? And mm. he was, he was saying, I mean, you can't kill them, so you die to self, right? Become more like Christ. I mean, learn learn through them right uh, and you know it's, and, and we praise God for that opportunity I mean to to learn from and through our children I, I'll tell you one one quick story comes to mind uh, just um, years and years ago I, I can recall uh, had I think I had two kids at the time maybe three 
I lose track. I can't remember right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were we were we were shopping in um in the mall. Um, my my wife. It was Christmas time, and we were looking for a present for her. And I was there with my son and my uh my oldest daughter. Um, who uh, at the time it was a year and a half old, and, and now she's almost nineteen. So this is a long time ago. But you know, I told her that we were going to go upstairs. And uh, she said, well, how are we going to get up there? I said, well, we're going to take the escalator. Um, and so I think we were in maybe Belk, uh, Department Store, Crabtree, you know, Valley. Um, and so we um, went up and we were looking around. And uh, she turns to me and um, it, um, it, she says, and so when's it going to happen? I said, well, when's what going to happen? And she said, well, what you said. And I said, well, what, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, you said that, you're, that we're going to go ride the alligator. <laughs> no. I said, no, no. I said, we're going to ride the escalator, honey. Well, what's an escalator? Oh, she didn't know that word. I, what a, but just thinking through that, well, she literally thought that I told her we were going to go ride an alligator. But she was okay with that because I was there. Right? I was there. I mean, simple trust in her father. You know, and just, I mean, what a great picture, right? I mean, we are supposed to have that trust in our father. And if he says, hey, there's going to be a pandemic next year, or you're going to lose your job next year, or you're going to get cancer next year. I mean, we should be like, okay, I'm, I'm good with that, right? Because you're my father, right? And yeah. it's, it's going to be okay as long as I'm with you because you, you never, never leave me. That's awesome. I think, I think that's the perfect place to end our conversation. For sure. If, if this has not been a benefit to anybody, it's been a benefit to me. So, Dr. Jones, thank Same you so here. much for uh, talking to us for a little bit. Um, we are very thankful for uh, your work and your conversation today. I've yes. been blessed uh, blessed to be here. I, I appreciate the opportunity, guys, and I'll be praying for y'all, praying for uh, fine folks at Salem Baptist, and Thank looking you. looking forward to hearing how uh, how God works through uh, these um, media means podcasts, and, and looking forward to the time when we're all able to gather together again. Be a great day. Well, Amen. thank you all for joining in our conversation. Hope it was helpful. We look forward to sharing some more resources with you this month, including a book by Dr. Jones called Every Good Thing. And it's an introduction to the material world and, and common good for Christians and, and basically talking more and, and unpacking more about what we, we discussed today. So thank you, Dr. Jones. Thank you. Thank you.